Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves, which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. Well... Here we are on this road less traveled through this uh, disruptive time. And what does it mean to stay authentic and take the authentic road instead of the easy road of fear and popularity and comfort? And how do you stay authentic right now? And we're going to spend some time in this podcast talking about the decision or the distinction also between social distancing and social disconnecting. How do we stay connected in a distancing world? And we're seeing it in spades, but I have to tell you, Ali, and I'll give you some, just some initial my, of my thoughts and a story, and then you can give me your thoughts. But I was raised to care. I was raised by parents who taught me that caring mattered, that no matter what, you care. My dad, when we would buy stuff at the hardware store, he would stay and visit. And he, his job, he, he always thought his job was to make the clerk feel better and to have, her be, have a good day. And there would be people lined up and he didn't care. He would just <laughs> stop and be present and visit. And you know, we used to take the garbage, our garbage to the dump. We drove it to the, we didn't have, we lived on a small little farm in central Alberta and we didn't have garbage pickup, of course. So we drove our, our garbage to the dump. And back in those days, when we drove to the dump, there was a little, there was a guy who lived in a little trailer at the dump and he lived off of other people's garbage. His house was at the dump. I mean, they don't allow that anymore. And all I remember is I would go to, I would go to the dump with my dad 
and he would stop and visit with this guy. All I remember is the guy smelled. And I can, I can promise you, we were not six feet from each other. There's no way that I would have been six feet from him because I didn't want to get contaminated by whatever smell he had. But you know what? It didn't stop us from being connected. And this guy rode his bike. When, when my dad sold the farm and he heard that my dad, because we took our last load of garbage to the dump. And the next day when we were leaving the farm, he rode his bike, an old bike that he got at the dump. Somebody dropped off an old bike and he rode it 10 miles to our house to say goodbye to my dad. Wow. And, and you know what? You don't have to stop caring just because we're distant from each other. We're all expressing, those of us who are staying home, this is an act of caring. And those of us who, when we, and those of us who are going to work right now are showing caring. And I just think that this is a terrifically important time to stop and really examine what does it mean to care? What does it mean to be connected? And I don't care whether you're six feet from each other or 600 miles. This is a time to connect. This horrible tragedy in Nova Scotia this past weekend. I have good friends who you know, Dale and Peter. And I reached out to Dale and Peter mm. because they live in, and I spent last summer in the heart of the country where this tragedy happened. And it was an opportunity to just reach out. And thank goodness we have phones and technology and this technology that we can record this podcast. But let's not let distancing disconnect us from each other. Let's, in fact, use this time to get more connected than maybe we ever have before. So those are some of my opening thoughts. And I would just uh, love to hear what you have to say, Allie. Sure. Uh, well, I love, I love the story about your dad. And um, it really brings me to my, my dad, my father-in-law. <laughs> so my husband, Chris's dad, Charlie, he is 100% one of those people. So I feel like when we were, Chris and I were younger and we were first married and we used to go out with Chris's parents, we used to always kind of roll our eyes and think it would be this long affair. <laughs> So he'd like go out for dinner and he'd have to talk to the waitress for like an hour and make friends with the manager on the way out the door at the restaurant. Or I the one that always sticks in my head is I remember we went, they came to watch Chris run the Boston marathon one year. And it was really special that his parents came all the way out there uh, to see this. And we were all, we got off the plane, we we're all tired and we were all on the subway and we we're all just kind of, you know, with our luggage Nobody's really paying attention to anybody. And all of a sudden, Charlie is striking up conversation with every single person on this train wearing anything to do with the Boston Marathon, <laughs> sweaters, shoes, whatever. And um, we, we laughed the whole way. And before we knew it, like an like a hour-long train ride from the airport into the center of the city to our hotel was over. And he'd made like five new friends on this train, right? And I just... I really love people like that in the world because they remind you in a really, really important way, the value of connection. Mm -hmm. 
right? And what that can be in our lives. And I think um, I was thinking about the, you know, how we can how we can socially disconnect right now really easily. And um, I think if you have people like that in your life, you should pay attention to them right now because they're really good reminders <laughs> that we can all still stay connected and still, you know, appreciate each other and still uh, love our connection. I mean, he even texted today and asked to FaceTime tonight, right? So he's driving that. And you have to be really appreciative if you have people like that uh, in your life to bring that along right now, because it would be easy to disconnect. If you are one of those people that's staying home, if you are one of those people, you know, that doesn't have to work right now, it could be very easy just to kind of shut off, stay home and wait till this is all over and, and ride the storm out, so to speak. Yeah. How do you keep, Allie, that's a great story about your father-in-law. How do we keep that spirit alive when it is so easy to be cautious around people? You know, when I go into a grocery store today or when I go into a drugstore and I'm, and, and it's important to respect this six foot boundary, this, this um, distance that we have to have with each other for the collective good right now, how do we make sure that we can look people in the eye without feeling as though a smile, how do we make sure that we keep that spirit of your father-in-law on the Boston subway? I know that, I know that subway. How do we keep that alive? when the tendency is to be a bit afraid of each other, that it almost feels like some people think if they smile at you, we're gonna get this virus. How do we make sure that we keep this alive? What do you know about that? Well, I think what you're talking about is fear, right? And so when something like this happens, there's so much uncertainty in our lives and fear is the natural response. So. Um, we can't, we, this is only my personal opinion, but I don't think we can be angry at ourselves for being fearful. I don't think we should hold it against ourselves. But what I do think is that if we are being fearful about smiling or making eye contact or trying to make somebody's day better without actually <laughs> touching or hugging and those kinds of, and just getting creative about it, that we need to be open to that and realize that living in fear isn't going to serve us in the long run, right? We're not, we're not going to be happy if we live in fear for a long time. We're all going to start to become depressed. It's going to be really challenging. So I think there's some, you talk about this, but there's some awareness and some acceptance and then moving back to the other side and opening your heart up and just connecting in really in any way you can, I think. Well, what it also reminds me is not just to be not judgmental and accepting of our own fear, but also when, some, when people do pull away or they look down or they get impatient, all of that is coming from their own fear. And so even if I want to smile at somebody in the public or give somebody encouragement and they aren't in the mood in that moment or not ready or for whatever reason can't receive it, it doesn't mean that they are a bad person or that they don't care. It likely totally. means let's give people the benefit of the doubt today. 
let's extend trust. Let's extend goodwill that people are simply in their own space right now and reacting in their own way. And what's called for in no matter what situation comes forward is the opportunity to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. And by when that, we, we, we can connect. Sorry? Yeah, that's okay. I think we're on the exact same page, but when our response is being closed to somebody else being closed, we perpetuate the cycle, right? And if I, we can try to have, I know that that's not the easy response, <laughs> but if we can try to have a response of being open, understanding, and like you just said, compassionate, then we break that cycle. So I think it's an interesting thought. So I'm going to connect with our listeners right now and connect with you. And the best way that I know how to connect is by being vulnerable and open and honest and real. Because without vulnerability, we just can't have connection to some degree, whether that vulnerability is an expression of appreciation, whether it's expression an honest expression of our fear or our needs or our values or our passion and our vision. These are all ways that we get vulnerable. And I have to tell you that I was listening to your other podcast for people in the hospitality industry. And I was so inspired by what you had to say. And my immediate reaction was, I went into self-doubt and, and feeling like I'm less than because who am I to be on this podcast with Ali who's this brilliant podcaster who has a brilliant podcast of her own. And I just felt less than, and this is a tendency for me to diminish myself when I'm around beauty. You talk about your business being, having human beings express beauty in the world. And instead of embracing beauty, often find myself, and I'm just noticing this more lately, when I'm insecure, when I'm in fear, when I'm going through this adjustment, I just notice myself diminishing myself when I'm in the middle of, when I'm in the presence of beauty. And I'm thinking, why can't I express that as beautiful as you did? And I just notice this in myself. And I and I just would, I just need to share that because this is part of who I am. And I, I know I can't stay there, but I do need to acknowledge it. It's a part of the gift that I think I have because I couldn't do this work if I didn't, it's a paradox because I couldn't do this work if I didn't, if I didn't allow myself at times to have self-doubt. But at the same time, if I stay in that self-doubt, I am not going to realize my own beauty and my own gifts that I have to bring to the world. So I would just love to hear your take on all that. Well, <laughs> uh, so how about I back the, how about I back the story up and tell you where it came from? So it's called discovering hospitality and it's for, it's meant to bring light to people in our industry because um there's a lot of, uh, you know, frowned upon <laughs> uh, people are who are in this industry for the long term uh, usually weren't the favorites with the parents and usually weren't, uh, you know, didn't quite follow the path that people had hoped they would. 
Um, but in my opinion, they're some of the most amazing people in the world. And there's all these very incredible, vibrant stories of people that work in our organization um, that I wanted to bring some light to. Uh, so I started doing these interviews. And now I have to say, <laughs> I only taped my fourth one today. <laughs> so, um, and I only even thought that it was possible that I could start this, David, because I was doing this with you. So <laughs> you, sir, were my inspiration to sit down and even think that this was possible for myself, because I don't think I ever would have ever imagined that I could have pulled that off without spending this time having these really important conversations with you. Now, I know how you feel. <laughs> I can totally resonate with you because every time I post one, it's like I hold my breath. <laughs> am I going to get, am I going to get stoned? <laughs> you know, you just don't know uh, what the response is going to be. So, and I think I, I started doing this with you here before the idea of discovering hospitality came, but um, I know what you're talking about. So I know about being in that like self-criticism. I am my own worst critic. And I, ha I get really hard on myself about how I articulate words, how I talk, my mannerisms. I feel like I should be more professional. I say terrible things to myself sometimes. And I've decided that while those thoughts don't really go away, that I'll let them be for a bit. But then when I come and I do this with you or I do that with the team, I'm just going to open my heart to the experience. And I'm just going to let what comes come. And I know... Uh, that's hard because some people probably want some tactic or strategy how to get past that right now. Um, but I'm just trying to be okay with what is. And so you're feeling insecure about this podcast because you felt like it was amazing. I was insecure because I didn't even know if it would resonate. So I shared it with you because I wanted your feedback on it. So isn't it funny how this all comes together? Right. And so we all kind of get stuck inside our own heads sometimes. And I think sometimes we just need to let that go a little bit. And we just need to like be, we just need to be here and now and be present and uh, participate. <laughs> That's something in my mindfulness program, but participate, participate in a way that the judgment doesn't matter from anybody else. The judgment doesn't matter from yourself. And that you just go into it with an open mind, curiosity, and an open heart, and you just let come what comes. I don't, I don't know if we can do anything about the thoughts, though. I don't know what you, you think about that. but No, it, it brings to mind that this is just the journey. And I, I think we, a couple of things. First of all, we live in this age of social media where comparison is so prevalent and so accessible. How many followers do you have? How many likes do I have? How does it compare to other people? And there's always somebody imaginary in our head that lives on the top of the mountain that's really done it all. And I will bet that anybody that would come to mind that we could say has really got this all sorted out, if we go to the top of the mountain and actually visit them, I don't think they would feel like they're on top of the world. That would be my assumption, unless they are so guarded 
and so ego-driven that they are unaware, in which case I wouldn't want to compare myself to them anyway. Yeah. But I think we just have to, what you're saying is let's just live life instead of editing it and instead of trying to perform through it and compare ourselves through it and just step into our own voice. This is what we're really talking about, authenticity. Notice the judgments, notice the comparison, and then keep going and keep expressing who we feel. We feel inside a call to be. And then let it go and stop editing our lives. And this is the authentic journey, is to really step into this instead of hiding and protecting ourselves and living in that fear. So um, this, is, this is inspiring for me to be reminded of this. I, and I have to get brought back to it all the time. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just grateful, Allie, for your, uh, your holding this space for both of us here as we walk through this together. And, and show our listeners that, you know what, uh, hopefully we can inspire somebody out there to say, mm-hmm. you know what, what are you called to do right now? What, what is in your heart? This is a chance to look inside and say, what are we imperfectly called to do to bring to the world that we have not allowed ourselves for whatever reason to do? Mm-hmm. And w- I how think do our, be- inner critic is, our inner critic is dangerous. You know, I think it stops a lot of us from doing what we were meant to do in this world. Um, I don't fully know the way around it, but I do, I am coming to the awareness that, that it's, that it's not serving me all the time. So it's like you said, just kind of acknowledge and then try to move past it. You kind of sometimes just got to swallow and step out on the cliff. (laughs) So that's what we're doing. (laughs) You and I, and it's, it's been great, right? At the end of the day, it's always amazing. So, well, what else are we going to do with our lives, see? <laughs> no, we're just going to share it with everybody. <laughs> well, this has been delightful. I just appreciate you and appreciate this conversation. Are there any closing words that you would like to pass along in, on this topic of social distancing or social disconnecting? This is a tremendous opportunity to stay connected, right? Yeah. Oh, even my if we do, You know, as, we, as we've heard in so many slogans, you know, we're in this together even though we're apart. Yeah, I think you say it perfectly there. I think we just need to keep remembering that, right? So. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of The Other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it or subscribe or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us. Until we meet again.